hello and welcome back to another episode of Football Chants and the Rants with the Plants with me, Lauren. And me, Graham. We're dad and daughter reflecting on the top five English leagues of football from across the weekend. There's been loads of football to discuss, so we're going to go straight into the podcast and the lineup for which I'm going to be talking about Liverpool and their defence as well as put forward a new chant to you, Dad. Yeah, and I've got lots of stuff to talk about and as always, dropping into the National League. So my warm-up conversation, Dad, is really just to reflect on the English players at Chelsea that are just doing so well. I think a lot of people were a little bit worried, maybe when Tuchel took over, that all the hard work that Frank Lampard had put into the the English players and the young players coming through, that maybe Tuchel, because, you know, he had Werner, Havertz, a lot of German international players that Tuchel has favoured in the past, whether or not the English players would really stand out. But they just seem to be doing amazingly well for Chelsea, like looking at Rhys James. He got two brilliant goals against Newcastle. That's his fourth now for the season. Chilwell, he's been firing them in. Um, Mount, obviously, he got a hat-trick the other night. hudson Adoy, Even Chalabar, the defender, English, he's come on and scored some goals. Um, so, yeah, it's just brilliant to see the English players in particular just doing really well under Tuchel. Do you think that's been set up by Frank Lampard and that's the reason why they're now all doing so well? Or is it that Tuchel's getting even more out of them than what Frank did? Uh, yeah, I think, Frank, you must give some credit to uh, Lampard on that, but uh, Tuchel certainly seems to have got them going. South, Southgate will certainly be uh, keen to watch a lot of the Chelsea matches at the moment. Do people like Rhys James, would he be someone now starting to get in your England team? Uh, yeah, I think you've got to make sure you know what his position is and make sure he can defend, but he seems to be, uh, he's certainly getting forward and getting goals, which is brilliant. Yeah, exactly. And I think some of the stats, I'll be talking about it in a minute, actually, about the defenders scoring for Chelsea has just been ridiculous. That kind of links with my kickoff conversation this week and something just to kick off about. And obviously, Liverpool doing so, so well. And it's very hard to, to have a little rant about Liverpool. But what I was looking at is just the stats behind the defenders in particular. I don't know if it is because Chelsea are doing so well and defenders are scoring so many goals that it's now making me look at Liverpool and think, OK, obviously, Salah's got 10. Mane's got six goals this season. But actually, people like... Uh, Van Dijk, Matip, Robertson, Trent Alexander-Arnold, none of them actually scored a goal so far. I don't know if that's just a case of Liverpool set pieces aren't quite as good as they have been. Or obviously when you've got forwards like Salah and Mane scoring so many goals, the defenders aren't really getting a look in. So I was just thinking maybe the wingbacks in particular haven't been quite as influential as normal. I know Trent Alexander's got three assists this season, which is pretty good going. Robertson's one assist. But you think by this time of season, at least one of their key defenders would have scored a goal by now. Van Dijk maybe getting a header at corner, but no signs at the moment. So that's kind of my kickoff that it would be good to see the, the goals being a little bit more dispersed across the team. But obviously Liverpool, well, I'll be talking about the result a little bit later, but overall have started the season off really well. Obviously Robertson, I know, has had a few injuries, but Trent Alexander-Arnold, he's probably played a few more matches than Robertson. But Van Dijk, he's an interesting one. Would you say he's getting towards his best or just um, still struggling from his injury? I think he still seems like he hasn't quite got his confidence back. He's definitely somebody who should score goals. You wouldn't expect him to go through a full season without scoring two or three. So Yeah, so that's my kick-off this week. Yeah, well, no surprise. I'll talk about Tottenham. Obviously, you, you probably mentioned the result later, but uh, not a great Saturday uh, evening fixture for Tottenham. And um, 58% possession, which sounds pretty good against United, but uh, no shots on target. First time since 2012 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no shots on target. Home match with a full stadium, 58% possession. Harry Kane, one of the best strikers in the world. Son, again, one of the best strikers in the uh, Premier League, Burwine. Mm-hmm. 
cost 27 million, you know, between the lot of them, surely somebody should have at least had a shot on target. So what a disappointment. And then, um, of course, today the news that uh, they've sacked uh, Nuno, Nuno, which is... Um, I'm surprised. Well, I am so surprised. early. It's, I mean, it's 10, 10 matches. I mean, it's nothing really, is it? 10 matches. Got to give a manager the chance to, you know, make his uh, stamp on the club. Mm. Um, I think when Alex Ferguson joined United, they gave him three seasons. Uh, and he became, obviously, the best manager ever in the Premier League. So I think it's uh, it's a bit foolish to make the decision so quick. Don't know who they'll get. Maybe they'll, I mean, if they get somebody else and he doesn't work out, give them 10 matches and get rid of them. Could have four managers this season if they're Gosh, not careful. They're, they're now the new Watford, aren't they, if they so get it's that just, right? It's just Daff, really, Levy and the rest of them, I think. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's a foolish decision. So Tottenham need to sort themselves out. It's getting a bit of a mess at Tottenham, really. Half-time turnover. So I'm looking into League One for the team with the best half-time turnover. And we're going to Highbury Park. Fleetwood versus Wickham. And the hosts found themselves 2-1 down at half-time after conceding two goals in six minutes. Uh, so Simon Grayson, I'll see Fleetwood's manager, had to give half quite the half-time team talk. And you'd think it might not have gone great because Sam Vokes scored five minutes into the second half. So that made it 3-1 against Fleetwood. And then Grayson made three brilliant substitutes in the 58th minute. So he thought, right, we're losing 3-1 here. We've got to do something to change it. And what an impact his subs were. Two of the subs came on scoring goals, Joe Gardner and Shaden Morris, to make it 3-3. So quite the turnaround from Fleetwood to go from 2-1 at halftime to then 3-1 just after halftime to then turn it around and get a 3-3 draw uh, versus Wickham. Uh, mine's down in the championship and Cardiff famously on the worst run of the history. Changed managers obviously had Steve Morrison as caretaker boss. They were at Stoke, which is one of the teams who were looking for automatic promotion, playing well and kicked off really well. 2-0 down at half-time, Brown and Fletcher. Uh, Stephen Fletcher, ex-Burnley, came out and scored a second soon after half-time. 3-0 up, so you thought, here we go, Cardiff are uh, in trouble, but... Um, Caretaker boss Steve Morrison had changed a couple of things around at half-time. Three goals in five minutes. Colwell, Harris and Kiefer Moore um, meant it was a 3-3 draw for Cardiff having been three down. So, like a lot of teams who changed their manager, maybe Tottenham might do this, you don't know. Like a lot of teams who changed their manager, uh, they came, bounced back and got a brilliant result at Stoke. So, good luck Cardiff and well done Steve Morrison on his first caretaker boss match. Second half. So this is where we praise something from football. And I feel there's a lot of positive stuff going on in football at the moment. And I've just picked out one player in particular that really seems to just be looking like a real top-class midfielder. And that's Declan Rice for West Ham. I think he's so vital in what they're doing right now. He's played 90 minutes in all 10 Premier League matches for West Ham. And what I think is really impressive is that he's become way more threatening in front of goal and way more influential. I think he's obviously a holding midfielder, but if you look at his stats, he's got three assists and one goal so far. And he's also scored twice in the Europa League um, where West Ham had a flying start, winning all three matches of those. So I think he's just really showcasing that he can do everything now. He's defensive. He can put in good tackles. He can control the ball. He can also now provide assists. He's got great stamina. 
Um, and, you know, he's filled that Mark Noble role, really. Um, and everyone kind of hoped that he would be this talisman. And he's just becoming exactly that. And also, I find it really crazy to, to still think that he's only 22 years old, which actually is nothing. So very exciting to be watching him right now. Chris Wilder was a pundit for Match of the Day 2. And he was saying that he thinks he's um, the best English midfielder right now. So And Gareth Southgate agrees with that. He always puts him in, starts him in the team. So... At some point, I always say this to you when we're watching football, I really can see him going somewhere like Man U. I think they would really benefit having someone like Declan Rice in the team. Um, or do you think he might be a Mark Noble and stay at West Ham for the rest of his career? It's a hard one to decide, I guess. Well, they're not set for possibly a top four finish this season. So um, I think, I mean, he needs to stay a couple more years, I think. But uh, yeah, no, he will be snapped up by somebody, you would imagine. Yeah, so he's he's. I'm going to mention him in a little bit later, actually, for some special reason. What's your second half little rave? Uh, well, you got um, the the face of Sky Saturday afternoon, Jeff Stelling, who um, we've mentioned before in passing, but uh, thought I'd mention the fact that he's uh, told the the nation that he's retiring after 25 Is years. He? No, I didn't know this. 25 years reporting on Sky TV. Uh, the 66 year old, born in Hartlepool, famously Hartlepool supporter, of course. Uh, said this is his last season, so um, oh, no. obviously he's been uh, had a, added a lot of humour to Saturday afternoons, and uh, his research is incredible, really. So you never quite know whether it's somebody in his ear telling him stuff or whether he knows it all. But if he knows it all, then it's uh, his his research and uh, understanding of the game across yeah. all divisions, including Scottish, is exceptional. So uh, be interested to see who they get for him. Do you reckon uh, they'll get someone? To replace him or just the guy that normally fills in on like a weekday or whatever? He's uh, no, I think they'll get somebody else to replace him. I don't know what they'll, what maybe they'll get. Maybe one of the current pundits. Yeah, maybe they might get uh, one of the current pundits. But it'll be interesting. But uh, he's irreplaceable, Jeff yeah. Stelling. Well done for his uh, 25 years. Well, my chant, it's, it's not so much a singing chant this week. It's a very quick one-liner, but I've mentioned him before. And this week, my chant is going to the West Ham fans, the players on fire. It's Declan Rice. And I thought that if they haven't got this chant already, how about very easy transfer it across the UK number one single in 1990 for four weeks rather than Ice Ice Baby, the song. I thought they could just go Declan Rice, Rice Baby. Declan Rice, Rice, baby. Um, well, it's, it's simple and easy to remember. Yeah, I simple. Think, uh, I mean, the one I thought you were going to say actually was replacing the old Ian Wright song, Declan Rice, Rice, oh, Rice. Oh, that's a good which one. Which is an established uh, football yeah, anthem. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I'll give you seven. Thank you very much. <laughs> Final whistle rounding up the top five English leagues and into the Premier League where there's lots lots of interesting results really across the weekend. Easy winner was for Chelsea. They increased the gap at the top of the table to three points after their 3-0 win versus Newcastle. Uh, four wins on the bounce in the Premier League now for Chelsea. So they're looking really good. Liverpool held 2-2 at Anfield. Uh, Brighton, who came behind 2-0 down. They were quite fortunate, actually, because there was a goal disallowed, which would have made it 3-0 to Liverpool. But Brighton came back to score twice, make it 2-2. And I think they also beat Liverpool last season. So one of those teams that Liverpool just be uh, frustrated against. Crystal Palace provided probably the biggest upset of the day, uh, winning 2-0 at the Etihad. Goals from Zaha and Gallagher, who had a brilliant match. 
not helped by Laporte, who got a red card. And as you mentioned earlier, got the big win for Manchester United versus Spurs, 3-0. And then looking towards the bottom of the table, Burnley finally picked up their first win of the season, beating Brentford 3-1. And they're they're third from the bottom of the table, but they're now three points behind Leeds. Uh, And then still two teams without a win in the Premier League, 10 matches, it seems ridiculous. Newcastle and Norwich still both without a win. Championship, some uh, good matches as usual, of course. Friday night match was top of the table, clash Fulham and West Brom. 18,000 at Craven Cottage. Uh, and uh, that man again, 18 goals now in 15 games. Mitrovic, a hat-trick, fantastic. Penalty in the 20th minute. Another one just before our time and their final goal in the 82nd minute. So uh, what a brilliant win for uh, for Fulham. 3-0 at home to West Brom, another team who were looking for promotion. There were two reds in the match, but they were both quite late. Didn't really influence the game much for long for West Brom. 70th minute and tossing. Ex-Rovers 85th for Fulham. Also top of the league, well, definitely top of the league. Bournemouth on a brilliant run, won 2-0 at Reading. Uh, not the greatest match, only four shots on target. Solanke, he's in the goals this season, mm. one just before half-time. And Jamal Law, ex-Swansea, I believe, 59th minute. So a really good uh, win for them. Cahill got an assist, who you've mentioned before, has been an well. influence on that. Bournemouth 15 games without defeat. Uh, won 12 of them, so having a brilliant uh, season. They've got the most points in any of the top five divisions. So, yeah, really good start for Bournemouth. Look, nailed on for promotion. Bristol City 2, Barnsley nil. Bristol City hadn't won at home. Ashton Gate since January, so Barnsley down the bottom thought he had a chance and certainly did when they were 1-0 up at half-time. Iseka's goal, 28th minute. But Andreas Wyman, 30-year-old uh, Austrian, ex-Villa, Derby, 101 games at Bristol, 14 Austrian caps. Came on second half, 2-1 uh, full-time. So not good for Barnsley. Good win for Bristol City, obviously. But Barnsley lost the fifth in a row and looking uh, looking pretty desperate at the moment, actually. I say Bournemouth, top points in any of the top five divisions, 37 from 15. Not lost a game yet. Wow. Brilliant. Uh, five points clear of Fulham. We've won the last four now with 32 points. West Brom, Coventry, Huddersfield, Blackpool in the playoffs, which is quite a surprise. So well done, Blackpool. Down the bottom, Derby, after being beaten at home to Blackburn uh, on five, but of course they lost those points. Barnsley, eight, Hull, nine. Into League One, Plymouth Argyle moves two points clear at the top of the table after coming from behind to beat Ipswich 2-1. They're on a great run, so they're now 15 games unbeaten in the league. Wigan continued their like win-loss trend. I think their last 11 results or something have been a win and a loss and a win and a loss. So they're up and down, but um, with a comfortable 2-0 win versus Burton Albion. So they remain second, and Burton Albion are now ninth and five points off the promotion places. Rotherham continue a great form. They've got nine matches unbeaten to leapfrog fellow promotion hopeful Sunderland with quite a surprising 5-1 thrashing over the weekend. And so now they're just one point off Wigan. They're in third. And then looking towards the bottom of the table, we've got Charlton who made it two wins from two under the caretaker manager, Johnny Jackson. You talk a lot about the when a, a new manager takes over and that um, positivity it gives the club and that's what's happened to Charlton. They've got two wins now under Johnny Jackson beating Doncaster Rovers 4-0. So Charlton moved ahead of Shrewsbury and that relegation zone by goal difference and Fleetwood after I said about them being my half-time turnover they still now in the bottom still uh, with Doncaster and crew all remain at the bottom with only Fleetwood obviously picking that point up from the weekend. A good match at uh, Salford, uh, Salford Exeter, Exeter looking to extend their 14-game unbeaten win win, and they did run and they did uh, with 0-0 at half-time, Matt J got another goal 1-0 
uh, equaliser from Elliott for Salford, but a 93rd minute own goal from the keeper, Connor Ripley. Uh, shot hit the post, came back and hit him and bounced back into the net. So, unfortunate for Salford, but very fortunate for Exeter, who are now on a 15-game unbeaten run. Port Vale, again, another team on good form. Having seen them the other week, reckon they are a good shot for a promotion. And Crawley away. Crawley went 1-0 up. Battled into a 1-0 win at half-time. Had Lynch sent off early doors. So uh, Port Vale were always going to come back and uh, have a go in the second half. And indeed, they got 4-1 win in the end. So 67% possession, 11 shots on goal. So in the end, a 4-1 win at Crawley for, for Port Vale. Down the bottom, a couple of teams who are down the bottom end. Colchester were three points behind Scunthorpe. Start of the match, uh, managed to win 2-1. They were 2-0 up in 14 minutes. Freddie Sears and Dobra. Davis made it 2-1 in the 82nd minute, but couldn't save Scunthorpe from a defeat. So, Forest Green, he drew 1-1 at Bradford, still top, 31 points. Port Vale, second, 28, Northampton, 27. Uh, and then down the bottom, you've got Scunthorpe, bottom, 11 points, minus 18 goal difference. Carlisle and Oldham on 12. Then in the National League, uh, some good matches, as always. Boreham Wood went top, actually, leapfrog Grimsby. 1,500 fans watched them at home to Southend. Southend kept them to 0-0. Uh, but they had a go-go sent off 64th minute uh, and Tyrone Marsh knocked a winner in for Boreham Wood uh, on the 83rd minute. So manager Luke, Luke Garrard, academy manager, Meadow Park is the ground, 4,500 capacity. Um, so yeah, so it's quite an interesting uh, to see Boreham Wood top of the uh, league and they've never been in the league before, so that'll be uh, interesting. Big match, Grimsby uh, said they were top, but Boreham Wood leapfrogged them because they lost 1-0 at home to Notts County. Over 7,000, 1,000 Notts County fans. Uh, and Ruben Rodriguez, Rodriguez broke the deadline with a last-minute winner. Grimsby's first home defeat. Uh, they've now lost two in a row. Notts County jump up to sixth. Uh, they've gone four without a defeat. So, great for them. Down the bottom, Weymouth won. Kingsland nil. A couple of teams loitering around the bottom end. And Weymouth have now won two in a row. So, a good win for them uh, at the weekend. Boreham Wood, as I said, top 30 points. Chesterfield and Grimsby. 29, Chesterfield grew 2-2 uh, at Dagenham and Redbridge. Down the bottom, of course, Dove with the points deduction. They lost 5-2 at home to Stockport, still on minus 9. Aldershot on 7 and Southend and Kingsland on 8. Interesting, there were six players sent off in the National League. Uh, oh, a lot. Uh, only one in League 2, so yeah, it was a bit of a uh, feisty day. A bit of a feisty day in League 2. of the week so I'm going to Leeds we might have picked him before maybe last season but his barn is still looking brilliant and it's good to see him back after two games off with an injury it felt like longer because they miss him so much in that midfield I've gone for Calvin Phillips for Leeds he's still rocking the braids look he's shaved the hair at the side and the braids but also just like the braids and the ponytail as well and it's just very easy to spot Calvin Phillips now when he's on the pitch he's almost become iconic for that Barnet that he's rocking at the moment some people love it some people hate it but I'm appreciating the braided Barnet for Calvin Phillips right now I've gone for ex-Burnley Stephen Fletcher he's been uh, 34 35 I think been knocking Crikey. around quite a while uh, had a career in Scotland now a career in England he's at Stokes he got two goals at the weekend uh, he's got a bit of a ponytail going on. So, uh, Has he? Have you got a photo? Uh, I've got a photo. That's why you can't see it on the photo. Okay. But no, he's definitely on the match photo where Ooh, he was nice. uh, celebrating his second goal um, with his Stoke colleagues. Yeah, Stephen Fletcher, very trendy for for an old chap. So there, yeah, there you go, nice. Stephen Fletcher.
Right, that's it for Football Chance and the Rants with the Plants this week. Don't forget, you can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter. Just search at Plants and Rants and you can have your say on anything we've discussed from this podcast or any of our previous podcasts, which are all available to listen on your nearest podcast player and streaming service. So we'll be back with some more Football Chance and the Rants with the Plants next week and we'll see you then.